This is CPX number 112, Grades of Sin. This is the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X, CPX, page 152 to 153, question and answer number 1 through 14. God give you his peace and nomine patris afiri et spiritus sancti. Amen. Heavenly King, Consoler Spirit, Spirit of Truth, who art present everywhere and filling all things, treasure of all good and source of all life. Come dwell in us, cleanse us, and save us, you who are all good. Amen. In nomine Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Number one. How many kinds of sin are there? Answer, there are two kinds of sin, original sin and actual sin. Number two. What is original sin? Answer, original sin is the sin in which we are all born and which we contracted by the disobedience of our first parent, Adam. Number three, what evil effects has the sin of Adam brought upon us? Answer, the evil effects of the sin of Adam are the privation of grace, the loss of paradise, together with ignorance, inclination to evil, death, and all our other miseries. Number four, how is original sin canceled? Answer, original sin is canceled by holy baptism. Number five, what is actual sin? Answer, actual sin is that which man, after coming to the use of reason, commits of his own free will. Number six, how many kinds of actual sin are there? Answer, there are two kinds of actual sin, mortal and venial. Number seven, what is mortal sin? Answer, mortal sin is a transgression of the divine law by which we seriously fail in our duties towards God, towards our neighbor, or towards ourselves. Number eight, why is it called mortal? Answer, it is called mortal because it brings death on the soul by making it lose sanctifying grace, which is the life of the soul, just as the soul itself is the life of the body. Number nine, what injury does mortal sin do to the soul? Five things. One, mortal sin deprives the soul of grace and of the friendship of God. Two, it makes it lose heaven. Three, it deprives it of merits already acquired and renders it incapable of acquiring new merits. Four, it makes it the slave of the devil. Five, it makes it deserve hell as well as the chastisements of this life. Number 10, besides grave matter, what is required to constitute a mortal sin? Answer, to constitute a mortal sin besides grave matter, there is also required full consciousness of the gravity of the matter, along with the deliberate will to commit the sin. Number 11, what is venial sin? Answer, venial sin is a lesser transgression of the divine law by which we slightly fail in some duty towards God, towards our neighbor, or towards ourselves. Number 12, why is it called venial? Answer, it is called venial because it is light compared with mortal sin, because it does not deprive us of divine grace, and because God more readily pardons us. Number 13, then little account need be made of venial sin. Answer, that would be a very great mistake, not only because venial sin is always an offense against God, but also because it does no little harm to the soul. Number 14, what harm does venial sin do to the soul? Answer, venial sin, one, weakens and chills charity in us, two, disposes us to mortal sin, three, renders us deserving of great temporal punishments both in this world 
and in the next. Thus are the words of the Holy Pope. So now some of my thoughts. Today I want to talk about the link between original sin and mortal sin, or really why they both lead to the same place. Today I'm calling this podcast Grades of Sin, not Types of Sin, because we've covered different types of sins. For example, in my blog post, 15 Mortal Sins that Most Catholics Are Missing, Grades of Sin better describes what we studied today. But I do want to point out that there, the one common link between original sin and mortal sin is that both lead to hell. It's very popular for Catholics to talk like Protestants today and put things in very shallow terms like, Jesus saves me from my sin. Okay, is that true? Yes, it is true. It is true, Jesus saves me from my sin. But if Jesus has saved you from your sin, it means he is also currently saving you from sinning. You're going to see what I mean by that in a minute. The beginning of the answer to this comes from the fact that a life in Christ that is truly real makes you detest even the thought of committing a mortal sin. Listen closely to the beginning of 1 John chapter 3. See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. That again is the beginning of 1 John chapter 3. Isn't that beautiful and convicting? Ever notice that very black and white line in there? No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Okay, now that might get a couple people a little bit scared there. If you fall into mortal sin, yes, confession is certainly there to help you back up. I always preach the glories of confession after mortal sin. 1 John 2.1 says, My little children, I am, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ the righteous. And a little bit earlier in 1 John, he writes, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we have to, this is my point on this, is we have to move on from seeing sacraments as just some type of forensic justification. You know, just hopscotching in and out of grace, going from the bad internet to the confessional to bad internet to confessional. Look, if we actually know Christ, we won't want to sin. Again, listen to 1 John 3. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. So, is it true that Jesus saves us from our sin? Of course. 
but he also saves us from sinning. We've all met people who say things to us like, oh, so do all non-Catholics go to hell? Do all non-Christians go to hell? This is the analogy that I would encourage you to give those people. Many people who set that up for us kind of pretend like the Catholic Church is a giant ocean liner and Jesus is checking the tickets. And if you don't have the right ticket, you get thrown into the ocean. But we have to explain the Catholic Church's teaching of original sin a lot better to people. This is the better analogy for that. We are all born in the ocean, full of trash and sharks. And yes, the Catholic Church is the ocean liner, but Jesus is throwing out life-preserving vests to each and every one of us because each one of us is born in original sin in this ocean full of sharks and trash. And so this is where we have to show people this isn't just a card-carrying special club. We have to show that status quo, the basis for each one of us, is original sin, status quo for each human being, except for Mary, and if you believe the private revelations about Joseph, as do I, he was cleansed seconds after original after conception of his original sin. And of course, St. John the Baptist was conceived in original sin, but justified by the voice of Mary, and therefore he was born without original sin. So of course, we can say that Jesus, Mary, and John the Baptist, of course, never committed a venial or mortal sin. Um, but for the rest of us, we are all conceived and born in original sin. And so Jesus isn't pushing us off the ocean liner. Our status quo is already in the ocean. He wishes to save us. He wishes to throw us the life preserver, which is first baptism. So we have to answer people who say, so do you think all non-Catholics go to hell? By showing that we were all, every one of us, even those of us who are Catholics, were born because of original sin, separated from God. So what are the two ways to be in the ocean? Well, as I said, we're born in the ocean of original sin, but after baptism, we can jump back into the ocean in any mortal sin. Even just one mortal sin puts you in the ocean again. This is Catholic Church teaching forever. If we die in the ocean instead of in the ocean liner, we go to hell. And that's why it's so important to be baptized if you're not baptized right after you listen to this podcast. That's why it's so important to go to confession. If you're in mortal sin, go right after listening to this podcast. Or even better, listen to this podcast on the way to church. But then following baptism or confession, either of those sacraments, you have to have a firm resolution to sin no more. Yes, all of this flows from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Again, 1 John, no one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. And if that scares you a little bit, you just think you know him, you know, you just think you know him, but maybe you realize you don't because you keep committing moral sin. Don't beat yourself up. Just do my VLX series that teaches you mental prayer. Why? Because mental prayer is the way that the old school saints described a relationship with Jesus Christ. And they say mental prayer is the best way to avoid future mortal sins. Now granted, great saints usually didn't use shallow emotional terms that Protestants would one day say like relationship with Jesus. But mental prayer is just that, going deep in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So what does this mean for all the billions of people who don't know Christ? Well, you're just going to have to evangelize them since they are born in the ocean of sin and death. And as I said, if you die in original sin or the actual sin called mortal, you go to hell. Now, is there any way out of that besides baptism and confession? Yes, 
an act of perfect contrition. But listen closely. This is the ancient magisterium of the Catholic Church. I'm not giving you new ways to be saved of the past 60 years. This is old school stuff. So imagine a pagan dying who's never met a missionary in, say, Papua New Guinea. Yes, he may be given on his deathbed the gift of making an act of perfect contrition. Or another example, a Catholic dying in mortal sin in a Mexican prison where there's no priests around. Yes, he may be given on his deathbed the gift of making an act of perfect contrition. St. Catherine of Genoa said that this gift is given to everyone as a last-minute grace, but I have to add, of course, many reject that grace. Now keep in mind, these aren't loopholes. It is still the grace of Jesus Christ saving you from original sin or the actual sin called mortal sin if you accept his gift of perfect contrition on your deathbed. That is, if. But keep this in mind. Anybody, Catholic or pagan, who has rejected minimal truth and minimal goodness his whole life will probably not accept full truth and full goodness on his deathbed. That's the great danger in being an uncatechized Catholic or even a rewired one by progressives because it's going to be nearly impossible to make an act of perfect contrition on your deathbed. Why? Because you will have believed there was an excuse for every mortal sin you committed and repentance will be literally impossible. This is this great danger in these people like Father James Martin telling a certain sect of the population who Jesus loves infinitely that they don't have to repent for their sins. He's leading thousands and thousands of them to hell. But what about perfect contrition? Is that the grace of Jesus Christ saving someone without the sacraments? Yes, but it's still the grace of Jesus Christ functioning as the only savior of humanity and even of each human. Again, this is not a loophole if, say, a pagan makes an act of perfect contrition or a Catholic in mortal sin makes an act of perfect contrition. So yes, perfect contrition relieves both original sin and actual sin, but if you've been told that you have reduced culpability for this sin or that sin, or even that that certain sin isn't even a sin, you're not going to accept the gift of perfect contrition on your deathbed and you're going to go to hell. So this is one reason it's so important for us to know the Orthodox Catholic faith and live by it is because if we don't repent of our sins, we cannot be saved. Either way, you will go to hell if you die with either original sin or mortal sin on your soul. And this is why we must evangelize and baptize the whole world. Because perfect contrition is a lot to bank on. I mean, how do you know when your imperfect act of contrition becomes a perfect act of contrition? You don't. Do you really want to bank your entire salvation on making an act of perfect contrition at the end? You don't. Which is why the safest pathway of salvation today is first to have a relationship with Christ, get baptized, and then feed that relationship by daily mental prayer. That's what I teach in the VLX series. And also to confess any mortal sins today with the firm resolution to never commit them again. Anything else besides baptism and confession is a huge, huge risk because both original sin and mortal sin separate us eternally from God. And there is nothing, absolutely no amount of good works you can do to bridge that chasm between man and God in sin. For example, if you killed a man or an unborn child, you can't work in a soup kitchen for a hundred years to make up for that. Only the blood of Jesus can bridge that chasm. This is what the Catholic Church teaches. 
and his blood is applied by baptism and confession. Finally, as we heard today in 1 John 3, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. So just remember, anyone who dies in original sin or mortal sin goes to hell. And if Jesus is truly your Savior, he is saving you not just from sin, but from sinning. Please say an hour, Father, for me, that I may practice what I preach. Et benedictio deum nepotentis patris, et firi, et spiritus santi, descendet super vos, et maniat semper. Amen. <laughs>